Okay. Uh, this is episode 56. Last episode was 55. Um, just how numbers work. We were at Irie Bean Coffee and Wine Bar. We talked about Jeff's arachnophobia story. We talked about freaks at the call center. Is this the last episode of the season? No, we have one more. I think, yeah, we're one off. Remember, I made a, I made a big yes. stink about this okay. the last it, time. We started at 50. We're at 56. Don't worry. Okay, we sorry, only, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We only have to do one supplemental piece because we did another one right. like eight weeks ago. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, we talked about Eastside King being a porn store. We talked about The Break Show and your new podcast, So All Right. Came uh, out today, huh? Yeah. Talked about Eastside. Rave reviews. I don't think there's been any reviews. <laughs> Zero so far. No, rave. Rave. <laughs> Childhood, Crash memories, and a clown murder. Rave and review, podcast. please. Yeah. Rave uh, and but review, that, Apple that was all. That was all last time. We're at Desnudo Coffee, so. Have you received any email about the Detroit Tigers bubblegum card? Who, what was that? Jeff's boss. We salt. What was that? We solved that, right? What's that? Yeah, the, we, we, the bubble gum. What was yeah, the we thing? said whoever was the first person to email Eric at jeffsboss.com or something oh, like that. Oh, let me let me check. I certainly don't have access to this fake email that yeah, he set that, up. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Like, I, I, this is the thing, the, the thing we talked about. Yeah. So. Uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, it's on the break show, an episode that Gus was on. I went to Barrett's Coffee this weekend. Ah. I forgot. <laughs> Um, uh, we we had like a a, a a pack of Detroit Tigers bubble gum from 1989 or yeah. something, and then on this show last week we mm -hmm. said that we would send it to whoever was the first person to email, whatever the email address was that we gave. Yeah, and that episode, and we said most likely it'd be a first member because episode comes out for first members Correct. first. And that episode came out as of this recording. That episode came out for first members yesterday. Uh -huh. I believe it's out for the general public now. So I'm curious if anybody actually emailed. To I just try to drink my. You oh, I, I, was I was wondering what was happening. And then, I, then I talked into my cool. coffee. Great. Did you get an email? I'm looking right now. Oh, okay. okay. I had to find the login for it. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I was giving the background and vamping. Right. And I, I, he leaned forward, and I thought he and was then, ready. Well, right, so right, stopped. because he was trying to drink his microphone. Yeah, oh. but turns out I was just trying to. What? Okay, he's still working on it. Oh, um, my God. So you went and had coffee. So that's that's the one downside of doing this podcast. You said you already went to Barrett's this morning. Oh, I go to I go to Barrett's. Once a month, that's where I buy my beans. Oh, I should Barrett's, do that. Barrett's is my favorite coffee shop in Austin because I think they're the best. <laughs> oh, shit. They're the best roaster in Austin. Mm. I get, uh, I have like a tub, like an air seal tub yeah. that I put, I fill up to the top with the Chiapas, and then I get two other bags of something different every time. So like Chiapas is like my daily driver, yeah. and then I rolled the dice on a Colombia and... Uh, a Costa Rica? I don't remember what the So other you're a big, like, Central America, South America. I, I agree. I, I do like it. I do like an Ethiopia. It's just a different flavor, a different size of bean, and different kind of coffee. But I was looking for something more, I don't want to say acidic, but a little bit more fruity. <laughs> this is all because Jeff hasn't looked this up, by the way. No, no, I'm, I'm oh. just listening to you guys oh, talk. Right? I okay. looked it up. No, the, the, like I said, the, the, the problem I have is drinking coffee in uh -huh. the morning at home and then coming and drinking coffee again. Oh, this is my second this. cup, and yeah. it will be half of the amount of See, coffee that I have And today. I'm going to have more coffee oh, I'm gonna this afternoon I'm gonna when fly I get home. Yeah. How is that a problem? That seems like a feature. <laughs> it's way, I'm, oh, I'm pee, coffee makes me pee Throw like a monster crazy. in there as well. Because if, if I don't limit... I think I had a conversation with Ashley Jenkins about this um, like forever ago. I have to limit myself to two cups of coffee a day unless I'm doing like this show. Otherwise, there will be no limit as to the amount of coffee that I drink in a day and it w I will get sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be, I will become ill with the amount of coffee that I drink. Yeah, but it'd be so much fun getting there. Oh, it would be. It's just the best because this is the closest to stimulants that I can do. <laughs> yeah, like legal. Have you ever been? Uh, my friend's a, a coffee roaster, and um, he, when he said we worked at a coffee shop, he's like, it's the most legal high that you can be 
because you're grinding beans all day and just ingesting caffeine at a level that you're flying. He doesn't like wear a mask. No, (laughs) he's he's like all day long. That's not work, Gus. You're just like buzzing, 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 buzzing. You get off, you're like, man, I have a headache. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we've got we've got gum responses. Yeah. Oh, okay. My my podcast has been out for half hour now or so. Okay. And uh, there were 37 emails. Okay. About it. So the first one. Uh, was just from from Levy. I don't want to say the full name. L E V Levi. L E V I. Okay. Levi. I love my Levy brand jeans. <laughs> Levi. Uh, and they just said gum. There you go. So that's the very first one. Way to go. So Way to congratulations go. Congratulations to Levi. I'll respond love your, to you love later. Love your jeans. And uh, sorry to Derek and Intuition and Obob and Liam and Scott and Sam and Brandon and Audrey and Nick and Brad. Yeah, I, yeah. All I, the people that missed it. I like this. I like. I'll, I'll try to think of more ways to do this. I like, I like audience this too. interaction. I like this too. Send stuff in and like interact. I like reading people's names and having stuff Dude, like that. Dude, we, we don't have anything like that on the show, really. No, and I, I think this was this was. Yeah. Great. We don't have anything like that at Rooster Teeth, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been listening, you know, or I'm listening. I've been watching old Howard Stern yeah. every day. Like I, I watched the uh, Sal and Artie and Richard fight last night. That's three parts oh. over two hours long. How did uh, How did Emily like it? She liked it. She, really? She's in it for the fights. Okay. She loves to see the fights. Okay. And that's a top five fight of all time. Uh, but the thing that I think that was so brilliant about that show that has never been replicated is Howard's in the middle of a conversation like this conversation. Mm-hmm. And then just very deftly, it, he takes a call. And you don't see it coming. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, uh, Gary from Massachusetts, what do you think? And then Gary gets to pipe in and make fun of Artie or, 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 or Sal. And it's, it's, it creates such an immersive moment. And I'm not saying that we should ever take live calls, but I do feel like that's something that we could find a way to enhance uh, yeah. or, or to... to take advantage of in some small way because it just like it adds so much more to the show it makes it feel so more fuller mm. and, it, and I think it makes the audience feel like they're much they're so much more a part of it yeah you know? the, the problem is that you know we're not live we would have to have like no. a predetermined thing ahead of time and of course try to figure it out I'm but not, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it I'm just saying we need to like think creatively about a way to do it yeah and I'm not saying that Anma is the right podcast for it or that it makes sense for Anma in any way yeah. I just feel like it's something that Rooster Teeth as a company could take better advantage of yeah and I think that when we used to stream RTP live like part of that was like chat yeah. interaction yeah. like seeing what people were saying and like saying someone's name but it's different than taking a call there's there's, there's it a, is different I mean it's like like you read the chat lines, like you get one sentence from them instead of like a, a, sh- a short back and forth. Right, exactly, and it's like you just like I mean, it's not hard to text some to to tweet and or tweet. What am I trying to say? It's not it's not hard to communicate via Twitch or whatever Twitch chat. Yeah, and, but it's not the same thing. It's not. It just doesn't feel. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's elevating the audience to being a part of the show in the way that they do, which yeah. is just kind of I don't know. It feels like they're on the same level, and I like that. I agree. We have the anarchy question. We have like a small thing where people can participate. But I, I like what you're saying. I like yeah. this bubblegum. I I also really like the old Detroit Detroit Tigers logo. So you know, this is really <laughs> this is really a sweet spot for me. You know what I mean? It's a it's more of just a like just you know something that's been going on in the back of my head thinking about like there's got to be some way we can rich in that experience a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's embiggen it. It lets him big in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a perfectly cromulent idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at Desnudo Coffee. Um, it means naked. This place is fucking happening. Yeah, this is why I've been putting it's, it off. It's, Pe- it's people like recommend it a, a lot. A little trailer park. There's a Veracruz. There's Dominican. Uh, oh, there's, a, there's two Veracruz. There's a juice bar and a taco place. There's a Kalachi place, too. I think there's Kalachi. A, yeah, Kalachi right here. This is one of those places in Austin, which is most places in Austin, but this is definitely one of those places in Austin where we come and sit down, and everybody here is three times as attractive as us. Yeah. And I feel like, oh, man, 
Austin got a lot prettier at some point. That's everywhere in the world. A lot more handsome. Yeah. I think it's because our cl- like clothes fit now. Clothes <laughs> didn't used to fit. You're right about that. Clothes didn't until like two. Th- I think probably like 2004. Clothes didn't fit, and then clothes started fitting. So now everyone like, oh, I'm like a model. It's uh, like yeah. no, you just bought clothes. I uh, I started rewatching Lost yeah. from the beginning. Whoa! And it's it's crazy to see it now because I'm like. Uh, you know, obviously, Lost came out like in 2004. So I was like, "Oh, this looks dated as fuck." Uh-huh. Like this, the clothes are all weird. It's like, "Oh, this is like early 2000s fashion they got going on here." Like en- enough time bizarre. has passed, it'll never look right again. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I, in my mind, this is still a fairly. It's an older show, but it's still fairly contemporary. But I started watching it. And it's like, oh no, this is old. This yeah. is this is <laughs> this is almost 20 years old now, which is fucking crazy to think about. I, I, I'm on a real big kick. Like you know, I've been rewatching The Simpsons. Yeah. Which is weird because now I'm up to like season 24, and they're starting to get more contemporary too. Like there was a reference to the Revenge TV show oh, in the yeah. most recent episode I saw. I was like, oh, like they're Dude. I'm catching up now. Revenge was such a big thing in Achievement Hunter. There goes the trash truck. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, it's just strange how you t- how you look back at TV shows and how time gets really. Weird about that stuff. It, it's real you're, weird. You're, yeah, you're, dude, you just try watching Dallas with me. It's 1982 <laughs> in Dallas. And that's fucking, perpetually old. Holy though. shit, dude! That like Dallas is always old. Like that, but that it was wasn't, always a long. It time wasn't ago. old in 1982. For, our, for us though, it was. But I was around. 1982. I was four. I was seven. I was fucking. I was probably proud of myself for not shitting my pants anymore. Then I went to kindergarten and shit my pants again. <laughs> it is the way the world looked when I first started looking at the world. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks right to me, but also wrong. <laughs> I think that's how Lost looks. Yeah. <laughs> Where you go, yeah, this is how everyone dresses. Oh, this is how everyone dressed. Right. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there was a, I saw on Reddit, someone posted a picture a few days ago of an old McDonald's ashtray. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you remember them. They were like brown and they had the McDonald's arches on them. Um, and it was like notched out. I, I remember seeing those in McDonald's when I was a little kid. And there was an interesting comment in the thread uh, where someone said, when people think of the 80s, they always think of, like, neon colors and, like, late 80s style. It was like, But for them, that was the 80s, like, the early 80s, that brown, like, the whole, almost like a holdover from the 70s. Yeah. Like, yellow, orange, brown. Uh, like, that's really what it is. And that's what I think of, like, the Dallas era. There goes the train getting some good audio texture. You know, it's uh, funny you say that. Uh, that's kind of like how... Richard Linklater made Dazed and Confused, which is his love letter to the 70s, right? And a couple years ago, he made a movie called Someone's Gotta Have It or something. Someone's Everybody gotta, wants some. Everybody wants some, right? And I didn't see that movie, but it was a love letter to the 80s. But I didn't see the movie because the clothes that they were wearing looked exactly like the 70s, so it looked like another Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. And I went like, that's not my 80s. Yeah. And it just immediately turned, turned me off to it, it, which is dumb reason not to watch no, a movie. No, but I, I but. get it. I, I think the beginning of a decade is always... A holdover from the last part yeah, of the previous. Yeah. Like, that's the early 90s. It, everyone's like, oh, grunge. And it's like, that's like, it's when you get into like mid 90s. Yeah. yeah. Grunge is like 93, 94. You think about the early 90s and it's the holdover from like neon and hair metal yeah. and excess. Dude, Nelson going into yeah. the 90s was one yeah. of like the big hit, big think, top bands. I think of like neon ski jackets yeah, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that. It, sure. Everything looks like that cup, that Dixie cup, the white with like the yeah. like, squiggle on it. I think of puffy Dallas Cowboys jackets. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. I had one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> I did too, actually. I never liked this Cowboys yeah. for one second, but everybody wanted that jacket. <laughs> it was so dumb. What, so dumb. In the late 90s, it felt like everyone was wearing everything. It was like the. Bre- 
you know, like slightly brighter colors, but everything was like Charlotte Hornets, and mm-hmm. nobody was like a Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets fan. Yeah. Everyone just had a shirt. Why? I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Basketball so, was big. Someone determined. Well, why the Hornets? So, like, I get it. Basketball they, was big. I, were they like a new team at that point? I don't uh, remember. They were an expansion team. Yeah. I don't know if that was when they came out or not. But they also had. Uh, did Larry Johnson play for the Hornets? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like they had some heat for a little Grandma bit there. Uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think the it's interesting because you have something like the Hornets that had in the late '90s the thing that everyone had. It was like the cool look, and the Jazz had something like that too. They had like the some mountains and like the the. It's kind of like teal and purple and white and everything, and they didn't change everything for so long that it started being cool again. Yeah, it's like they were so, they were like shit for so Dude, long that it started being cool again. I feel like the Denver Nuggets are the prime example of that too. Hundred percent. Like their logo, they was so trapped in yep. the eighties, and then now suddenly you're like, God, I, I can't get enough of that fucking logo. Yep, it's yep. so eighties. Yeah, you just fucking stick with it. Don't change. Yeah, just don't change. Eventually, it all comes back around. That's it. Oh, that's happening now with clothes. Speaking of coming back around, I'm excited about... I was thinking about this the other day. I'm excited about when when our shit comes back around. Like, Red versus Blue will come back around 20 years from now, and it'll have some little moment. Yeah. And everybody will... Re- or everybody. Some people will rediscover it, and, and it'll be like... Like, I was reading an article the other day with this... You know that band Yellow Card? Yeah. They're having a moment right now, and the article was... Yellow Card is having a moment, and they have no idea why. Yeah. And it's all about how they don't understand why they're popular again out of mm, the blue. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that will happen. There'll be, like, some nerd He's got to find some TikTok influencer. Suddenly <laughs> everybody will be into Strong Bad and Penny Arcade <laughs> and Red vs. Blue for, like, three weeks before they move on. I'll get served TikToks that are, like, clips from Red vs. Blue, and I just go, like, oh, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> and people will be like, what is this? Get this, this off is- my FYP. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't want to listen to these guys some more. It's interesting watching TikTok try to uh, it's at the right word but it's what it's where i'm going to use try to legitimize themselves or try to reach a broader audience mm-hmm. like i've been seeing a lot of advertisements that they do where they almost try to position it like a tool to promote your small business yes. where it's like they're yeah. trying to reach people trying to grow into new markets that they don't uh, that they're not already hitting it's like oh you can use this if you to show off whatever it is you're selling on the internet and you know reach a new audience like oh they're really like trying to expand that market and really trying to get it out of just whoever is already using it and get new people into the platform. You know, they're doing that in a couple of different fronts. Um, This is of no interest to you all probably, but card breaking is a huge thing in in card collecting and the thing I'm into. And I I used to do a lot of card breaks on YouTube um, just because you can, like, it's a cheap way to get product that you want or to only focus on the teams you want and stuff. A lot of people think it's gambling. I'm not here to promoted or, or uh, dissuade people from using it. I'm just, it's something that I do from time to time. And TikTok card breaking has killed YouTube card breaking. Really? It is so much easier. You just go to a TikTok, you go to a live feed, the guy's there, you click a button, and then you pick your team, and then you Apple Pay, and then you're there. And it's so fast what, what, and instantaneous. Why do you pay in? What, what, is, what is that? What are you so talking about? So the way it works, so the card break is, it's like, there's many different kinds, but many different ty- kinds, but the main one is called PYT, pick your team. So let's say... I'm a card dealer. I have a case of NBA Prism 2022-23. A box in that case, a hobby box, will cost you, let's say, $1,000. Somewhere between like $750 and $1,000. A case will have 12 boxes in it. So you're looking at $15,000 worth of product, maybe $12,000 worth of product, somewhere around there. 
but you could never afford that. I'm not going to go buy a $1,000 box of cards, but I only give a shit about the Boston Celtics anyway. So I can go in and pay 200 bucks to just get all the Boston Celtics cards out of all that break. Okay. And then they, so they sell by team. And then like a team that has a hot rookie like Victor Wimbanyama, San Antonio, that, that maybe $600 to That's buy. That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but if I'm, you like the Washington Wizards, it's $35. You know, it's commiserate to, to the level of stars and, you know, the value of the cards in there. And who said, I guess just whoever the dealer is sets up. All of that. Yeah, right? they There's just no, set up okay. the price and to figure out what they want to do. And sometimes you can buy into a case, you can buy into a box, you can buy a variety where you get like a bunch of different sports or whatever. And it's just a way for you to be able to to afford to get cards from the teams that you want without and have the the fun of breaking and seeing uh, packs opened uh, as opposed to just buying like the, the I'm going after uh, Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, right? Uh-huh. And so I could just buy those individual cards. But the fun is like the discovery, much uh, like we had when we did the yeah. break show the other day. And I presume the dealer sets the price so that they make a profit as well. Yeah, like, well, it's not, it's on, not just like an at-cost thing. So on TikTok, they set the price. It's a hard price you're capped in, and they figure out what their profit margin is, and they ju- uh, adjust accordingly. On YouTube, it's it's bidding. So you can sometimes get lucky and get super cheap oh, or so more it's expensive. Like you're only one person could get all the Boston Celtics. And they're bidding against someone else who wants to get the Boston yeah. Celtics so like I'm well. bidding against everybody else who wants Boston Celtics cards. So sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. But with TikTok, it's easy. You just pay the price, and it is what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I can see why you said some people. Like at first, I didn't understand why you said some people thought of it as gambling. Oh, like, a lot of people I don't get it. view it similarly to like loot boxes, loot crates, and and it is. It's gambling. You're betting on getting something out of that. But if you're not, if you don't care what you get, if the the experience is what you're going for, then it doesn't. Then I think it's fine. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm in it for the excitement, the shock and awe, the surprise and delight. And then if you get a cool card at the end of it, it's awesome. But if you didn't, chances are I paid 15 bucks. Yeah, cards are back in a very weird way uh, where it's it's more than that, too. Um, at Costco is selling these, like, Pokemon card trick-or-treat packs. Have you seen these? No. It is a – it's like – 50 packs or whatever. Someone's listening to this and they're going, that's not how many it is. <laughs> uh, say for the sake of this, it's like 50 packs in like this sleeve or like big box or whatever. And each pack has like three cards. And each little pack has like a basic one, a regular one, whatever, and then like a prismy one. I don't think they're worth much, but they're to buy to give to kids for trick-or-treat stuff okay. for instead of candy. That's adorable. And it's like, that's how big this stuff is again, where we're you can give out, you're giving out cards on Halloween yeah. instead of candy because that's what, I mean, kids are super into Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. So, I used, you know, obviously, like we talked about, I used to collect cards in the 90s. I've seen, yeah, yeah no, I've seen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had a few. Yeah, we still have plenty. And, okay, looking forward to seeing more. And I, so, my, my knowledge kind of stops there. And, you know, from when I used to collect it, I knew that there used to be like an age a long time ago, right, in like the 50s and earlier, where it's like cards were kind of a rare thing. You end up with stuff like Mickey Mantles, Honus Wagner's, like this kind of niche thing. And then we entered in the 90s, we entered like this garbage era. The junk wax era. Right, of just like overprinting. And I feel like, based on what you're telling me, it seems like that's coming back around. Like the market crashed, it went away, nobody really cared about it. Now people care about it again. Is it coming back around? Is there going to be just like a, a huge so, crash? It's so much more complicated now than that. Uh... And maybe this isn't good podcast talk because I can go into it. I don't know. Um, so maybe we cut this if it's not interesting. It's your job to make a good podcast okay. talk. Do your job. So, so yes, the, the what happened in the 90s was cards skyrocketed in popularity. And so printing uh, card companies, Tops, Bowman, Donruss, Fleer, Upper Deck, they just started printing 
cards. Like there were like a 1991 Topps Mark McGuire. There might be three million of them in circulation. Then after the bottom fell out of the market, it became uh, it was like dark days for a long time. Only serious collectors were involved. And then what happened is they they started lowering the print runs because there was no demand. And to entice people to buy cards, they started coming up with the ideas of putting autographs in and m- memorabilia, like you know bits oh, yeah, of like a, cut up stuff, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. bits of a like a, a jersey or whatever. And that helped. And then exclusivity, they started figuring out how to number cards. You know, the one of a uh, uh, two thousand, and then it became one of one of a hundred, and then started having one of ones. And that really created. Uh, a groundswell of support again for cards for people that wanted to people love rarity i love rarity everybody loves rarity everybody loves to get like a one of one I, like i want every one of one marcus smart on earth i don't know why i just want it i'm the only one that has it you know and i've only got like four but and there's tons and so then uh also with sneaker culture becoming and, and fashion around nba becoming a big deal Sports cards kind of just started to become a big deal again. And then when the pande- pandemic hit and everybody looked backward through their life and said, I can't go outside. What, do, what did I used to like? Was it making bread? It was collecting cards. They fucking exploded again. And in that moment, print runs started to rise again to meet demand. And so the cards that are coming out today, 2022, 2023, 2024, are going to probably 10 years from now be worth a little bit less than the cards that came out three, four, five years ago. But the market adjusts, and the also the uh, the demand is so much higher. So many more people are into it. So many people are looking at it as a as a legitimate alternative investment uh, avenue, and people are building out portfolios of million dollar cards to put their money into, which I think is wild. But is it really any different than gold or any other? I think of it like art. Yeah, it, it's or worth art. what someone wants to pay it's for. It's worth it. what somebody wants to pay for it, right? So, um, but what's happening is. Now, Fanatics has hit the scene, and they are destroying their competitors. They have snaked the, the like, it used to be Tops on one side and Donruss on the other. And they, between the two of them, they had pretty much all the major league licensing. Like Upper Deck, because there's others that are in play, yeah. but Tops and Donruss, or Tops and Panini, rather. Panini owns Donruss. Tops and Panini are the two heavy hitters, and Panini is what I mostly collect. That's all NBA, NFL. Uh, they have unlicensed baseball. Tops has licensed baseball, licensed football, no license for basketball, right? Panini came in, they bought Tops, just bought them. So we own you now. Then they went and they said, We're going to destroy you, Panini. And so Wait, they took. Panini bought Tops, you said? No, I, I'm sorry, Fanatics came okay, in. Okay. Fanatics came in and bought Tops last year uh, or two years ago. And, uh, and then uh, they have just waged war on the other competitor, Panini, and they are beating them into submission. They have taken away. Panini just lost the NBA license and the NFL license. So now I think they only have hockey and other sports. So in 2026, Panini will only be able to release unlicensed baseball, football, and basketball cards, which should be the end of Panini. How, how and then you, Fanatics will what, own yeah, the market. What's an unlicensed card? How do you release an unlicensed card? What they, air, they airbrush logos off. Okay. So they can release a card of if person. they have player licenses, and Panini has player licenses. Okay. So you have to have that, player you license, go. you have to have team license, and so you can have one without the other, which so, makes it complicated. So what 
how is Panini losing this? Are they just not paying the money for I, these licenses? I, I assume it sounds like they're getting outbid. Right. And they're just it, like, is that, they're is getting that outbid. Is? They're losing their deals because Fanatics is coming in and going, NBA, don't sign a deal with them. Sign a deal with us. We'll give you better terms. We want exclusivity. And, and, and sure, NBA is like, this is a better deal for and us. I'm sure they pay more than yeah. what the NBA would get for yeah. both. And so Panini's playing, just yeah. kind of out on their ass. Panini just tried to counter sue Fanatics over the uh, last week. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's not going to go well. And then, so it's become like a war. If and a lot of people hate Panini and are happy about Fanatics. Excellent but sandwiches. Everybody, yeah, you weren't wrong about that. Everybody hates Fanatics, uh -huh. and everybody's like, "Yeah, Fanatics is just going to destroy it," and so destroy the industry. But there, it's so weird. It's like eating itself right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Fanatics wants to control the breaking market too, so they're making it. They're going to set it up when they are now in charge of tops and all other. They may end up buying Panini in this whole deal. They're going to make it. They're going to set up deals with hobby. Uh, enthusiasts and with card shops to say you can't break on eBay if you buy from us. You have to break through our card what? shop live app. Yeah, and so their eBay breaking was already dying, but uh, I imagine they'll come after TikTok next, and they're going to try to set it up where if you do this kind of stuff, they're, you can only get, through them. Get, they they want to cut. Right. Yeah, it's they like, want to cut of it's like selling used video games, right? Like yeah. developers and publishers don't like that because they don't get their cut yeah. there, yeah. so they're just trying to get the cut of they want to control the entirety of the market and people are really excited about it and i don't know why because i think yep. it's going to destroy maybe not destroy it but it's going to radically alter the and it's never for the it's never good it's never for the best if any of what just happened on this podcast was interesting to you check out so all right <laughs> which is just what that was but without the interruptions from me and Gus. <laughs> but I've never just, talked about baseball cards. No, no. <laughs> this is like but, a special sneak episode. But you should because that's, I had no idea and they're just doing what the fuck they did in the goddamn 90s. That's, yeah, that's they are. exactly why I started they, asking. They are doing exactly the same thing and going, the hubris of, yeah, don't worry, it surely can't happen twice. <laughs> well, I think they, it's short-term game for them, right? Like oh, they they're going to yeah, make a buttload a of money. Yeah. And they don't give a, I shouldn't. I don't know. I my conjecture is that the corporate entities yeah. don't give a fuck about the, you know, the collector. They're just uh, pumping in this process. hedge fund or paying yeah. back investors and then dumping so it. So what'll happen is it it'll f f implode, and then the people that really love the industry will finally be able to afford the cards they wanted. Mm -hmm. A ton of people will lose a ton of money who weren't in it for the right reasons anyway, and then the people that still give a shit. We'll still give a shit, and then it'll reach some new equi equilibrium and continue on. I think it's know? really interesting, and it'll just go. It'll just continue yeah. to go uh, ebb and flow and go up and down. I think it's incredibly interesting, and you should cover it on So All Right. Like, okay, that maybe is, I will. I think that's. I had no idea. I think you talk about like the '90s stuff and then what's happening now. I had no idea that Fanatics came in and was doing this shit. History, that's insane. History loves to repeat itself. It's it's what it does best. And I just don't understand <laughs> why everybody's so had so excited to see Panini fall because. Everybody hates their quality control, uh -huh. right? They think the quality control is really poor, and they pump out they pump out too much product. But nobody, but they're all like they're excited because the guy because they're seeing this company get taken down that they have issue with. But the company that's taking them down is going to be a thousand times worse yeah. or just as bad. You know, new boss same as the old boss. Yep. Anyway, this episode's brought to you by Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Race have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair I've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. 
Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after purchase. For every purchase supports the Shady Rays Impact Program, which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life. From childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions, Shady Rays is making lasting impact on their lives through sunglasses. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So just for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code ANMA for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. This episode's brought to you by Fume. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume. Uh, and they look at the problem in a different way. Uh, not everything in a bad habit is wrong, so instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-dominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all-natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and make replacing your bad habit easy. Uh, your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial. It's designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing, anxiety, while breaking your bad habit. Uh, stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. There's no reason that can't be you. Join fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com, use code ANMA to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com, use code ANMA to save an additional 10% off your order today. Do you think, and Eric, I made some more space here if you want to get in some shade here. Thank you. Do you think, um, like, poor, you're talking about poor, this is just going to be a, a card episode. Do you think poor quality control is a means of also artificially creating rarity? No. like... No, because like oh, only five percent of the of this specific card are centered and cut well. So because they already they're, they're price in rarity, I mean they have like every oh, okay. card that every card that comes out. Like I collect Marcus Smart. He's my PC, my personal collection. I I love Marcus Smart. He's my favorite player. I've got mine's an Alienware. I've got over <laughs> I've got over four thousand individual distinct Marcus Smart cards at this point that are different. Um, and so like. Prism comes out with this year's basketball, 2023-2024. Marcus Smart will be a Memphis Grizzly in it. That's going to be weird. I don't like that. But they'll have his base card, and then there will be 36 parallels, probably, that are like here. It's like his, his base card, his cracked ice card, cracked ice his blue one. cracked ice card, his red packed cracked ice card, I'm his blue parallel, looking. purple <laughs> parallel. It just looks his, slightly different. Okay. They just like there's different like versions of the card. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, there'll okay, be yeah, yeah. then there'll be a card that's like this one is one of ninety nine, this one's one of seventy five, this orange one's one of fifty, and the, and see. then there'll be like three of them that are one of one. There'll be like the black pulsar and like whatever other yeah wh black and gold, and they'll be one of one. And so there's so much rarity built I, into the system. I was thinking of the old way where the that, old way that didn't yeah, exist. So no I was like, longer oh, they could exists. artificially do it, but if, yeah, if they're make if they're creating the rarity like that by oh, doing limited runs and letting you know then that definitely makes sense. being created and there's doing the break show with jeff and he runs into this stuff now i know what cracked ice is it i <laughs> i think like, of breaking bad here's an example That's what I thought. <laughs> here's an example here's a last year's marcus smart tops card this is every different version it's of like that card like different i have borders and yeah different yeah. colors okay. different like sheens and so that's one two three four five one two three four five that's 29 <sighs> different versions of that card that i have jesus yeah 
not not typical and my topic, not typical and my fodder, but I think this stuff's super interesting. Well, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I really, I'm really I, curious to hear about it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it for this podcast either. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I think that's if, if you're it, so into it, it's like Gus talking about fucking flying. Like it's <laughs> like there's nothing more interesting than, than Gus. I would I want to go flying with Gus. I kind of don't want to go flying with Gus, but I want to go flying with Gus because I want to watch Gus be good at this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I want to watch him be in his element. Yeah, because there's nothing more fun than watching somebody in their element doing what they love and what they're excited about I, I was on the way down here we were coming down to Desnudo um, I was talking about we it's it's still hot here in Austin but there was a cold front that came through yesterday it's uh this might be the end of the 105s and 107s yesterday was 109 degrees it <sighs> sucks this might be uh, we might be at the tail end of that I think today's only supposed to be 100 degrees there's a fucked up grackle right over there um, it's gonna get you dude oh it just took a shit um, <laughs> anyway yeah yesterday uh, a cold front moved through and uh you were talking about, you know, amateur weather people on TikTok. and Yeah, it's my least favorite new TikTok trend. And I was talking about how when I got my pilot license, we had to learn a decent amount about weather. Like, it's a big deal, and you get drilled a lot about it. And um, I talked about how when you watch weather forecasts, or you look at, like, weather charts on your phone, like a cold front comes through, and it's like a blue line with the little triangles on it. And when I was, uh, you know, learning about weather for my pilot license, you know, I... I they, they introduced a lot of things, a lot of concepts. They made these abstract concepts real. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really stuck with me was thinking about a cold front, right? Right. It's like you think about the air that's around us right now. It's a big air mass. If it's, you know, if we have like a high pressure system, if it's been hot, you have this hot air all around you. And a cold front is this mass of colder air that's coming through. And colder air, everyone knows that. Colder air sinks, hot air rises. Yeah. So like the colder air almost comes through like a plow. It's being pushed through. It's heavier than the hot air. So it comes through kind of like shoehorns under or plows under the hot air and forces the hot air up. And that's what creates thunderstorms. It's like this moist hot air getting shoved up by this cold air that's sneaking in under it. And that's why you see thunderstorm clouds like get this huge verticality on them. So then... The the cold plow comes through, yeah. and it throws all the hot air up. It is the the cold air just keeps on trucking, keeps on moving, until, and then eventually the hot air falls back down. Right uh, until and is it still hot again? It could be it, until it reaches a point where there's not enough energy for it to continue pushing against the hot air. Like that's why it's been so hot here this summer. They keep talking about this heat dome, this high pressure system over the central part of the United States. It's just so powerful that cold, no cold front, no cold system can push through it, and that's why we had weird weather here yesterday, because yeah. we had like the confluence of three different masses of air kind of meeting here all at the same it time. It was really close dew point level to having tornado warnings, but it was too dry to actually happen, but boy, it felt like it was about, it felt like tornadoes were about to happen. The it wind really started unstable. whipping yeah. like yeah. crazy, out of nowhere. I left my buddy's place, and he's like, yeah, it's supposed to rain later? And I went, no fucking way. I got home, and it was just... It was a rain, too. Like, it was fucking a big-ass raindrop. Wild. There were thuds. I don't think I got any rain. Really? Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, it was... Oh, it rained like a motherfucker. It was so patchy everywhere. Like, North Austin didn't get stuff. Parts of South Austin did, and then others didn't. I was was so lucky. wild. Yeah, it was like neighborhood by neighborhood. It was. It was. was Don't live far away from each other I know. Stuff out east, stuff out west, like it wasn't consistent. It was everywhere. The weather was super but weird. The best part was it at least cooled the air. Like it wasn't like getting hit oh, by a blow dryer oh, when yeah. the wind was blowing in. It wasn't, it was like, oh it wasn't my God. dog's breath when you stepped outside. Yeah. 
brutal. So yeah, I'm, I took, I'm hoping we're at the end of it. I yeah. took the trash out right after the uh, right after the rain stopped, and I was like, "Holy shit, there's a breeze! Yeah, this is pleasant air." Yeah. it was fucked. I'm wearing jeans today. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, well, I figured we were out before still. noon, so it's, it's 88 already. Yeah, but I, I figured we were out before noon, so it'd be all right. I'd be Do okay. You, <laughs> You're wearing jeans today. I uh, I put on pants the, for the first time the other day because I had to take Millie to the doctor. Uh-huh. Do you do you know do you dress up for stuff like that? Like I could have worn shorts to Millie's doctor appointment. I was thinking about it when I was there, and I was this like, why is, did I put pants on for this? Now this to me feels like a thing, like an are you garbage thing, where it's like, do you dress up to go to the doctor? <laughs> to the doctor? Yeah, yeah, do you put like pants a, to go to the doctor? It's like a special <laughs> thing. I do. I like. I'll wear. I'll, if it's an appointment for something, I'll be like, I'm not just gonna wear like a t-shirt and shorts. I'll like put on like pants and like maybe like a collared shirt. And it's like, <laughs> for the fucking doc, yeah, look doc go to the dermatologist. They like just fucking take it off. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, the, I I typically uh, the last time I wore pants uh, or long pants is when we did the 20th anniversary stream the other day. Oh yeah, just how'd that go? Because I don't want every other comment in chat to be, oh my god, Gus is wearing shorts. Yeah. Right. Like get over it. Yeah. Like that's the only reason. Like I'll wear long pants to work if I know I'm gonna be on camera, just because I we we it doesn't need to be a distraction. It's it, cr- it, it, what a dumb comment to make. It's great that you mentioned that because we really should talk about what we did last Friday because I don't know about you, but I had an all time. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't expect it going in, but I had an all time great great experience. Really making that yeah. production we with did Gus. A, like a twentieth. Uh, Red vs. Blue 20th anniversary like retro season 20 live stream yeah and when, um, from Bernie's spare bedroom <laughs> yeah we, well, we did it you know in, at, in the stage but they recreated Bernie's spare bedroom uh, as accurately as they could based on the photos and you know obviously for practicality for the live stream and it was bizarre it to was see. too good uh, Becca and Jason Saldana both happened to be in the office that day recording lines for Revers Blue. Yeah, and so they got I brought them both on so they could see it, and it's like it's shocking. It's like walking into two thousand three. Yeah, I didn't know Becca was there. I saw Jason. Yeah, we pulled Becca in for some help on another recording. Yeah, yeah I saw her post about that. I was like, what the hell? I didn't know Becca was here. <laughs> it was, fun. It was very fun. <laughs> but it, it was like such a like I felt it was it was a shocking moment the first time yeah. I stepped onto it. And uh, it, I don't know about you, but I was overcome with a rush of memories and emotions. And I never thought I would step foot in that room again. Yeah. And then I was briefly. So then uh, it was really it was a bunch of like RVB 20th anniversary merch. And we do these live sale events. And so Gus and I were there just, you know, trying to convince people to buy shit. But also uh, the hook was that we would just tell stories about the the start of uh, the beginning of the uh, of the company and the beginning of the production and making and, red versus blue and yeah. making red versus blue and then we would kind of half ass machinimate it as we were doing it and that part was so much fun i hadn't head bobbed in yeah what well, over 10 years probably it was also interesting because you know then as we're doing it same as you like we, something we've done a lot in the past and haven't done it in a long time best people in the world at it 15 years ago <laughs> now not so much probably. as we were doing it it's like then you remember like all the little problems and all the little workarounds so then it became like, oh, you know, you see this problem we're having here. Like, this is the workaround that you would do practically when we were filming to avoid this thing. Yes. And it's all people are like, oh, I had no idea. You know, I guess like it's been so long since we've talked about that stuff that like a lot of that knowledge is forgotten. That's an yeah, that's an interesting thing too. It's because like for the first like I don't know seven or eight years of the company, every time we did an interview, we answered those questions yeah. and we told those stories. And it was like it was like there was there there was there was like a I don't know. Uh, a list of things you would talk about, you know, yeah. start of the company, where we got the name, Chupa thingy, all that stuff that would be like people would ask about over and over. We would get sick of answering, yeah. you know, that we'd get sick of talking about, honestly. And 
it was so much fun to remember all those all those moments again and to relive them and to try to like we tried to show there's this thing called the lighting trick we used to use it was probably the most important tool in halo one uh it just allowed us to light the characters better because a lot of the map is really dark and in shadow and uh sitting down and then remembering how to do it and then trying to do it and ultimately failing really was yeah. a lot of fun <laughs> i wonder looking thinking back i wonder if it was a halo 2 thing no it was halo 1 was it halo 1 okay. yeah um, yeah, it's funny. You talk about how... It just didn't work. But it, it was like we, that when we, we did it. Yeah, we haven't you done got, it in years, gamble. too. Uh, there might have been some weird step we missed. It was. It's just finicky. We would have to do it yeah. seven or eight times to get it to work um, back then, too. So you talk about like how we used to answer these questions all the time and how it became... like It was just like you would just spit the answer out, right? I remember one time I was at Dragon Con, and I was doing an interview, and someone was asking me one of those questions that we'd answered a million times. This must have been like 07, 08, maybe. And you know, I was talking to the reporter, I was answering their question, and I remember hearing like at the convention they had paged someone. I thought like there was something going on with like Homestar Runner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so like I tuned out of the interview, still talking, listened to the page, and then came back and I was like, my mind went away while I was my mouth was still giving the answer. You know, my mind focused on something else and was like, okay, that's I'll, now, I'll deal with that later. And came back into the present. Now that's a combination of three things going on there at once. Uh, one, you know the source material so well. You're you're honestly on autopilot, yeah. and, and we were on autopilot for so many years in those interviews, right? Two, you have that kind of brain, and it takes a certain like you, you can micromanage. I, I think the call center but also helps. But three, yeah. and it, it's the the big thing there is that you managed a call center, and that is a fucking skill that you will have for the rest of your life. You can listen to multiple conversations at the same time, right? Enough to understand them all without losing any of them. Because you had to, because right. we had to listen to 20 people on call at the same time, and you had to listen for the problem moments and the warning signs and pay attention. And, yeah, that's a, that's a really unique skill that I think you'll have for the rest of your life probably. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> talking about the call center guy, we talk about that place a lot, right? We, we for a while, we did, like, these outsourced calls. Should I say that? We did this outsourced phone company calls <laughs> um, where it was, like, there was like a new phone that had come out and everyone wanted it and like it was so they were getting so swamped with calls with people asking about the phone that when their call center was busy it would overflow to us and wow. it, it was just like taking names and then like lead generation yeah. right yeah for a sales thing so it's like you you didn't need tech people to answer those calls it was just like whoever they just needed to answer the phone and like take down name and contact information and then route it to the appropriate salespeople. all they did was fill out a form in a web browser and hit submit awesome. right it was all taken care of for them and i remember we had this problem where for some reason, when we were getting, and we had like separate reps for that, because these were not tech savvy people. They just needed to take the call. So we had separate reps for that. I remember we were having a problem for a while where those calls were dropping and we couldn't figure out why. And uh, uh, I was sitting around with Ray. You know, Ray was working on recoding the ACD at the time. We had that. Do you want to say what an ACD is? Uh, it's an automatic call distributor. Okay. Uh, it's like when you call a call center, it's like the software that. Knows where to route the call you, and then knows you know, like which agent to route it to, who's available, who can who's been available call, the longest, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. So Ray was working on recoding the ACD, and I had installed the new phone system. So we were sitting there. I remember we were watching the raw ACD feed, which is like watching like a computer error log, right? It's just mm -hmm. like everything the ACD is like doing the in real time, right? It's like all the code coming through, like calls coming in, where are they getting routed, who's doing what? And I remember we sat there for like an hour or two watching the ACD in real time, and we we're like. One of the agents is just hanging up on people. What? Yeah, and we were like, her, over there. That's why our calls are disconnecting. She's like answering the phone and then hanging up. And it was like, oh, you're fired. 
<laughs> I don't know if you remember that. It was like it was like the weirdest, dumbest thing. We had to sit there staring at the fucking. Was I there that software? Time? I don't remember if you were. There. I know it was me and Ray looking at it. Who uh, trying to figure it out? Do you know who? Obviously not for the podcast, but who who got who was it? It was like it was. It wasn't like it wasn't a tech rep. It was like one of those temporary reps. It was. Hired. I remember who it was. Yeah. It was. It was one of Kenny's people. Yes. Right? Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we had like yeah staffing solutions company that would come in and right yeah I, I remember that day it was one of those people was like oh she, and I, she's hanging do up you phone. also remember that she put a we had these little phone boxes that you would hit to answer that had like uh-huh. it was had like the nine digits and stuff that you could call but it was just like this little box that was connected to a headset is where the call routed through and uh she just put a piece of paper over it to show that she was hanging up on people so you couldn't see the lights yeah so because when, when you were on the phone there was like oh, a little awesome. amber light yeah and when you weren't on the phone it was yeah. it wasn't illuminated yeah, yeah. i forgot about the, about yeah, the piece right. of paper yep yep she did that uh, Did she say why? I think she just didn't want to talk to people. Like she just wanted to. She didn't want to work. She, she just. She was like, we were. It was like this. Clearly, you got to go. And she's like, I'm out. See ya. Yeah. She was not. In, she was not into it. And uh, yeah, she's like, it was like it's just a dumb whatever job. Yeah. 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 I had a friend who did that. I won't name him, but he he worked like he was in between stuff, and he's like, I'll just take this call center job, whatever. And he's like, I knew it was time to go when um, I looked at the phone ring, and I just watched it, and I didn't pick up. Which is what my job was, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, realized that I could not do this anymore. You're like, oh, yeah, guess this is the moment. <laughs> That's it. And I think ev- I think everybody who has to work on the phones has that moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's brutal. It never stops ringing. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's incredibly overwhelming. I hate the sound of a phone ringing to this you would, day. You would walk in on a good day, and a good day was when it was busy, right? Because that yeah. means we were getting paid. But you would walk in, <laughs> and there'd be a thirty call queue. Oh. And you would leave, and there'd be a 20-call queue, oh. and you would have worked eight hours, and it never dipped. Yeah. Brutal. Those were the days. Man, you guys never – it's funny. You always talk about the call center stuff, and it's like, this thing happened, and this thing happened, or whatever. I've never thought about the work of yeah. the call center. We worked so much and so hard. <laughs> never, yeah. never once thought about what the job was. Yeah. You, t- you basically put Gus and I in there, and we had to be – to be a tech support agent, an internet tech support agent in – 1999 uh-huh. and 2000 you have to be the most patient human being on earth yeah gus and i were probably two of the least qualified people for that part of it <laughs> yeah it's amazing but we i'll say this we we fucking did it and we succeeded and we excelled at it but man i couldn't imagine going back and having to like handhold people through yeah. typing right. their password and it's not like there was no you couldn't remotely control someone's computer right. you know they weren't connected to the internet even if they were it was like a dial-up connection at best some people called up with like you don't know what they were calling up with, you know. There was one time I got, I had to play paper rock scissors with we had we had a callback. It was uh, there were two level two techs on the on the job that day. It was me and John, and uh, we had a callback and we, we both looked over the notes. We we're trying to figure out who was going to take it, and the notes were the level one tech was talking to this woman. She has Windows three point one. The level one tech walked her through deleting her Win.ini file. Call her back and recreate her win.ini file so her computer will will boot again because now it's only booting to DOS. Fuck me, dude. And me and John looked at each other. It's like, we'll pay paper, rock, scissors. Loser has to call her back. I won. John had to call her back. He was on the phone, I think, for four hours that day, rebuilding that woman's win.ini file by hand and then getting her computer to boot back into Windows 3.1. John L, not John F. Correct. Yeah. There was a guy we used to work with named John. And... F-R-L. What? F or L? L. Okay. Who, well, both of them, I guess, would fit into this, but I guess L is who I was thinking of. Who was every, he was like the, 
I wouldn't say we were the three amigos, but it was close. Like he was close. To, we, Gus and I were always closer, but he was right there with us, and he was like in our like it was the three of us hanging out a lot, and the three of us. Yeah. And I don't know why. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. Because it was like we like we go to lunch. It wasn't. It was the three of us. Really? It was like I don't know. Yeah. Gus and I were always a little bit closer, but we hung out with that dude all the time. Yeah. And we were really close with him, and it just he just disappeared. He, he was the guy who owned Smut Warehouse. He was the guy who owned Smut Warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, and he, I liked him so much. He's a great dude. Yeah. I really enjoyed that guy. I wonder whatever happened to him. It's weird how friendships ebb and flow. Yeah. Ebb and flow, and like he, by all right, like he could easily be a he, founder he of could, Rooster. Yeah, he could be sitting here too. Yeah. Yeah, he could be sitting at this table with us right now. Wow. And it just didn't happen that way. That's crazy. Yep. And for no reason. It wasn't because he wasn't, like, we didn't like him. He, br- he, he might he have. somewhere else. Or yeah, he had another job or quit. Yeah. And then, you know, we just, like, you lose Lost, touch with yeah. someone. Yeah. Wild. Um, we're getting close to time, so we should talk about uh, the coffee. Destiny we though. should. Can I tell you uh, one old Rishi story here? Please. I don't think I told this because it just popped into my head when we were across the street at Fleet a couple a couple months ago. When yeah, we were real close to Fleet. Because we're real close to Fleet Coffee, which is one of our highest rated coffees. Uh, and we were talking a lot about like the Cavalier, and I think we talked about Garmon's over there, which is being rebuilt as something else, it was a sandwich place. But it just struck me when we were pulling in that um, I took a call from Garmon's once, and it was Lewis, right after he started working with us, Lewis Medina, who no longer works at Rouge Teeth, but did for uh, a long time and was like seven years, I think, and was integral in a lot of what we did. Um, and he called me, and I went and I took the call in the back alley. And I paced that back alley for an hour and a half on the phone with him. And that phone call that day in that back alley is, is where we built out the Let's Play family. Really? Yeah, we built the whole thing out on the phone. Wow. He was still in L.A. He, or New York. He wasn't in Austin yet. And wow. we And we just, like, I don't know why. It just popped into my head. But I remember, like, I remember thinking as I was walking up and down the back alley, like, I wonder how many times I've... Uh, like I've paced you back and forth have the on record. this. I probably have the record to this yeah. day of most people, most paces behind that building. Thanks, you man. Did it. It's good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just popped into my head, but like the whole like who to go after creatures, yeah. kind of funny. That whole thing was all in one phone call behind that building. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's coffee, crazy. How's your coffee? Uh, I want to know what you guys think of uh, Desnudo. This is one of the uh, most requested coffee spots for us in a uh, for a podcast where people don't really request coffee yeah. spots. I will say I think it's very telling that all three of our cups are empty and have been for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen it uh-huh. uh, like this. The coffee was excellent. Um, it's way more mild than uh, no, no, not mild. Mild's not the right. Word. It's way more smooth mm-hmm. than uh, most americanos that I get. Um, it was. So easy to drink from the first sip all the way through to the end. We are like in a coffee renaissance between <laughs> this and Erie yeah. Bean. Yeah, we're Airy Bean. Irie Bean. Irie Bean. Um, this was really in a different way, very different than those other places. Uh-huh. This was so smooth and easy to drink. I don't know what to say about it. It, it was awesome. I also got to say, like, the vibe here, the environment it's really nice. adds to it. I know it's just a trailer park like every other trailer park in Austin, but this one. Has a good feel to it. It's a good crowd. Yeah. It's the right amount of busy. Well, there's food and there's coffee. Yeah. And there, there's and there's space. Yeah. What's your what what number do you give? Man, it? I would give this like nine point five. I don't know. This was fucking excellent. What do you think? Maybe ten. Man, this might be the best. I'm gonna give it a nine point one. Is it ten? Yeah. This is. This is the best cold brew I've had in Austin. Phenomenal. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it up there with the with the ranks of Fleet and All Gimmicks I, when, and Irie Bean. I don't know that it's better than any of those, but it's not worse. I would put it up there. I think this might be better than all those places. When really? when we leave, I, I think have All to Gimmicks get, is still my favorite. I have to get a drip coffee when we go because I got the cold brew, 
I was texting a friend, my friend, a, a coffee roaster, and um, he was taught. We were talking all weekend. I'm like, I'm going to Desnudo on Monday. He's like, I haven't been. So many people tell me to go. I said, gonna be worth it. Whatever. Yeah, it's and we worth had it. A lot of that conversation. I texted him, and I'm like, I hate to tell you, you got to make a trip out. It's worth it. it is, oh my I, god. This this cold brew is like drinking fruit juice. It was so sweet and fruity, and almost no bitterness. Yeah. It has a sourness that I really liked, but not overpowering. It had yeah, that's, a, that's had, a great way to put it. It had a sweetness like fruit. It was so easy to drink. It is sometimes you get cold brew that's over extracted mm. or has yeah. been sitting for too long. Tastes dark. I think that these beans aren't going between a lot of people. I think these beans are going straight from, if I had to guess, like Colombia to here. Because they are, those are high, that's a high quality cup of yeah. coffee. For They're, what for what we just paid too, coffee should be more so much more expensive than it is. Yeah. For what we just paid, that is an incredible cup of coffee. The, There's the, a line to get yeah. coffee. The irony too is that um, this is one of the four highest ranked coffee shops we've run. This, but yeah. among the four, yeah. this, yeah. now we have four. And you could... This is so close to the oh, other one, right. Fleet, it's, that they could throw rocks at yeah, each other. Absolutely. Yeah. It's right next to Fleet. This is Coffee it's, Alley. Yeah. It's Coffee Alley. Weber, yeah. Weberville so, Road Coffee Alley, baby. I like the idea of sort of an NFT moment, but mm -hmm. like we're creating a heat map of the best coffee in yeah. Austin so that you can get the best cup yep. for no matter what part of town you're in. Like it's, if you're sa down south, you know you got Irie Bean on the yep. bar. If you're up north by the domain, you know you got all gimmicks. Yep. If you're on the east side, you have your choice now. Yep. Between Fleet and Desnudo. What about that we, trailer? Over by uh, oh, on, on, oh, on oh, and, and there you go. And on uh, freewheeling. 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 You've got freewheeling yeah. down in, there. In as front well. of Corral Snake. That's right, in front of Corral Snake. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like between freewheeling. Fuck, I forgot about freewheeling. Yep. Airy Bean, Desnudo. Like we've been on a fucking tear. Yeah, of there's That's too why, much good that coffee. That was why I was like, man, I can I rate this that high? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've this, been everything's been amazing lately. Uh, I'm I'm definitely more of a hot coffee drinker. It's too hot to do it right now. This cold brew is, man, it really is next level. I didn't, I really was so skeptical going into this. It was like watching Oppenheimer where I went, yeah. ah, I don't know if I'm really going to like yeah. this. And then left and went, that was, fuck, that was pretty amazing. Was legit. <laughs> you know, that's a, speaking of Lewis earlier, uh -huh. I owe Lewis for the rest of my life for turning me on to cold brew. Because I was a hot coffee drinker yeah. like you. Like, I would I would have ordered a hot, hot coffee, coffee here, yeah. 110 degrees and drank it. But learning to love cold brew has yeah. really made life easier. It's really, it's a lot of places do it really well. Um, this is definitely one of those places. Yeah, uh, awesome. I, I, I really, 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 really recommend wow. this. Um, I'm going to get a drip coffee when we leave. Uh, just like the regular, I, I have to try. Just see, if yeah. that's how good their cold brew is, I have to try their regular coffee. Yeah, it's, absolutely. I'm, I'm floored. I can't believe it. Um, Worth it. it definitely. Definitely as good as everybody said it was. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And that is... Um, that's the part that I'm having trouble really coming yeah. to terms with. Yeah. Well, especially right. in a city yeah. like Austin. Yeah. You know? Everything is overhyped in a way yeah. where I just go, cool, sure. man. Uh, this lives up to it. I, For sure. I'm really curious. My buddy Robbie is the my roaster friend, and I'm really curious to see what he says when he comes over here mm. um, and tries this. Uh, let's get into an anarchy question. Uh, this is from uh, Greeton, who corrected me on their name pronunciation. Uh, it's Greet Tun. But even my friends pronounce it wrong. Well, guess what? Spell it differently. Get you friends. Uh, what's your favorite local commercial? Oh, you do know Batty Blackwell? The fuck you, did dude, you just say to me? Dude, dude, I was going to hit with like a fucking, I was going to hit with some law shit, but he, oh man, so, I, I was going to go like Lorenz and Lorenz or something, but 
Gus nailed it. There's so, no better answer. There was a, a, it was only one commercial she ever ran. It was a lawyer, Betty Blackwell. Okay. She ran this commercial forever in Austin, like in the old standard definition, you know, 90s days, where it's just like, you don't see, it's like a woman talking on the phone. You don't ever see her. It's on YouTube. Yeah, and she's like talking to someone else on the other side. You don't hear this side of the conversation. She's like, yeah, so-and-so is in trouble. He needs a good lawyer. We don't know what to do. Oh, you know Betty Blackwell? And then it cuts to like Betty Blackwell, like, hi, I'm Betty Blackwell. I'm an attorney. And this commercial ran for decades. You and then, do know Betty Blackwell? Right. And once, you know, HD TV came around and everything was broadcasting in HD, they still continue to run this like 4.3 right. SD commercial. And maybe 10, 15 years ago, they finally updated it where it's like oh, they wow. reshot it. Yeah. This oh, exact same commercial awesome. in HD. Well, why would you, if you got the right script, yeah. maybe just yeah. do it again. And it was just an older Betty Blackwell at the yeah, end. It was like the Lucas cut. Yeah, That's it was. It was amazing. I think that is forever. Like that, the fact that it persisted and that it jumped. They remade that commercial for the new HD format. I think Betty Blackwell is like the ultimate local Austin commercial. And it's funny too because I was having this conversation with Emily not so long ago because she grew up in Houston. Uh-huh. We were talking about like Mattress Mac commercials. Yeah, and the yeah. Between the two, and I was like, yeah, nothing beats Betty Blackwell. And she's lived in Austin for like twelve years. 15 years maybe and had never heard it so we've looked it up and I showed it to her oh that's fine it's still YouTube, just it's as enjoyable YouTube if you want to see it I don't, you uh, do know Betty Blackwell awesome just fucking hi like, I'm Betty Blackwell sweet yeah. little <laughs> lady uh, do, you, do you have any others that uh, that popped to mind for you I mean all the lawyer commercials are the oh uh, who's the dude that dresses up like a pickle uh, uh, Scott Elder. Scott, oh, yeah, Elder. Scott Elder. He, he has yeah. not had a commercial in a while. No, not in a while. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that was fun. That's we'll like the only. I, I will yeah. say the thing about him is John. Ol- Last week tonight with John Oliver kind of ruined that for me. Mm-hmm. Like John re- Oliver's all over Austin commercials. Well, it, 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 like those commercials, those Scott Elder ones, aren't unique to him. It's like a package that mm. car dealers can buy, and like he showed other versions from other states. Oh, interesting. Like, it's the exact same script. It's the exact same execution. Right. It's like, oh, it's just a copy paste for whatever local market mm. you're in. There so you it kind of ruined it for me. Thanks. Was, there was uh, there was that moment there where uh, you know Radiant Plumbing yeah. they have goofy like yeah. Avengers commercials and shit and uh, John Oliver was he he uh, he discovered them and played a couple of commercials on on last week tonight and yeah. then he got them to put him in a commercial supposedly oh I that's awesome no no they had, they made a commercial based on a script he had written he wrote okay, it was for Magnolia was. oh yeah. that's funny how goofy uh, well that's good weird. I think yeah. th- uh, I want to watch Buddy, the Betty Blackwell one. It's so great, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's right, so let's good. Go. I want another cup of coffee. Um, hey, if you want to uh, follow us on social media, you can at Animal Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. You can send your anarchy question there. You can also go to r slash Animal Podcast, which is a fan-run sub. I want to be really clear about that. Uh, but this is a very good episode. Don't forget to send that gum to Levi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to send the gum to we Levi. We got a bubble gum I'll winner, our, baby. I'll contact Levi today. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's also not forget that uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we have many great other podcasts for you to consume. Gus is on a D&D podcast called uh, Tales, Tales from, from the Stinky, Stinky Dragon. Jesus Christ. Tales from the Stinky Dragon. <laughs> uh, I do a podcast with Eric called uh, F Star Star K Face. That's how you have to search it. Yeah. You won't find it any other way. You could try to type out the word. You won't find the podcast. Obviously, this podcast, Anma. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, uh, I do a podcast called So All Right. Just started. Just Seems started. to get uh, see a few rave reviews. People are very into it. Uh, very excited. I think we have one more episode here before we go to a two-week break. Uh, so Gus can have a little bit of downtime away from us. Yeah, I'm going to go fly. He needs his break. He definitely needs his break. It's mental health break uh-huh. for Gus. So we'll have, so we'll, but we won't miss any content because we'll have two weeks of uh, supplemental for this podcast. Because Eric and I 
do work. That's right. We're uh, hard workers here uh, for the company. We're company men. Um, but you can follow us at Anima Podcast. See all the pictures from this and every other episode. Yeah. Um, any uh, final thoughts? Strong words to leave Come the to Desmuller Coffee if you're in Austin. Yeah. Dude, Austin's no longer a foodie town. It's a coffee town. Forget about it, Jeff. It's coffee town. <laughs> oh, good morning, guys. <laughs>